all, this is KBD Radio, and I'm your host, Autumn Agar, coming at you from my living room sofa. As like a lot of you, we're all on COVID-19 quarantine. I've been living in the same pair of sweatpants for about two weeks, which is maybe kind of weird, considering uh, we've only been at- kicked out of our office for about two days at the time of this recording. But, you know, the show must go on, and a captive audience isn't necessarily a bad thing. Anyway, our guest this week is Patricia Davis-Brown, an award-winning designer based out of Florida and also the creator of the popular blog Dig This Design. I will put a link in the description of this episode so you can go peruse her blog if you haven't already. There is some really great stuff on there. Patricia, great to have you today. Great being here. Thanks, Autumn. Now, Patricia, you run a design blog called Dig This Design. Um, So tell me a little bit about how your blog got started. You know, what first inspired you to start blogging? Well, I will have to tell you, I'm not a millennial. I'm much older. (laughs) So it was not a natural thing for me. I'd heard people, you know, say the word blog and blogging. Um, It was in uh, around uh, the recession time. So I want to say what I started working on um, putting a blog together was around 2009. Hmm. And it was really because uh, 2009 was at the point, uh, my, my, my design center is in, is in Florida, and it was like ground zero for the recession at right. that point. And for the first time in my life, I had uh, an opportunity really to uh, learn something new. I'd always had an AutoCAD department, and so technology, you know, I still did hand drawing. So anyways, when I found myself with lots of time on my hands, I I thought, well, what am I going to do as a designer in the middle of a recession and a collapsing housing um, (laughs) market? uh, What do I do with myself and and my knowledge and what I know? So um, I said, well, why don't I learn this internet thing? And I thought... (laughs) can I take my design service online? That was my first concept to to being online and being a babe in the woods and really being stupid. I thought I could do that. (laughs) So so I kind of went out there. I only saw a couple of people doing it. So I thought I can do this. So I did. I uh, I started a a virtual design company first called Mm professionalkitchenandbadplans.com. Then I thought, well, why not sell products? all over the world online. So I started pdbhomestore.com. And the people that were building the site said, well, you're going to have to have a blog. And I'm like, well, what's a blog? And they said, well, it's, you know, you write in this blog about things that you know, and it'll push your brand. And lo and behold, uh, I came up with Dig This Design. At the time, I was trying to center and be in the present. Um, And I thought Dig This Design, kind of a hippie chic you know, kind of sound and kind of fit my personality at the time. And so I developed digthisdesign.net. And and the blog ended up being the actual uh, profitable company. (laughs) Out of all three of those internet companies, the blog was it. And it was kind of a fluke because it really wasn't supposed to be the one making me money. But now it is its own little business. You know, and how how has that grown and evolved since it began? Well, um, you know, I I tell you, uh, the recession taught me to be a better businesswoman. And one of those things was I had always had my name on my company. Mm -hmm. So I started my design firm in 1992, and my name was right out there, you know. (laughs) So it's Patricia Davis Brown, because you think, well, you know, that's your brand and, and you're building that. But what I learned about that is that it puts me in a box. 
right? And, and mm-hmm. I am that business. So the three businesses that I started, none of them had my name. So that that blog was, uh, and not only did it not have my name, but I also made sure that it didn't put me in a box uh, when it came to the topics of the blog. So if you look at my blog, it's like a magazine and it's about all the things that I did. So of course, home, DIY inspiration, interior design, seasonal design, architecture, technology, art, and fashion. Mm -hmm. Those are all the things, you know, because I think most of us creatives, I think, I think we have a creative mind and we're just not, we're none of us are really in a box. We like a lot of things that are on the creative side. So that's what my blog's made up of. So instead of just forming a design blog, I designed a magazine, if you will, a lifestyle or, mm-hmm. you know, of the things that I like to talk about so that I can talk about many things or accept posts with information in it on the many things that I like. And, um, you know, when you're presenting yourself as kind of your own independent magazine, you, you need, I would assume, a, a very distinctive voice. Um, you know, and how have you developed that voice as an, uh, certainly as a blogger and an influencer and a writer? And, and you know, what tips mm-hmm. might you have for cultivating uh, that kind of online presence that is both genuine and authoritative? Right. Well, you know, the blog, um, the blog took me and, you know, here's the thing. In any career and in, in, in my industry and in design, you know, first you're a designer. And, mm-hmm. and then what makes you become an expert in design is experience, right? right. So 35 years experience in design. Uh, the good thing about that um, is that when this internet thing came along, I had photographed my work. I had put my work in uh, award competitions, which allowed me to talk about it, allowed me to talk about something. And because I had that uh, in my uh, backup, people listened. You know, so so that gave me my voice is is a career and the longevity of applying yourself to that career. In my case, photographing my work, getting in national design awards, being recognized, and then being able to to talk about it. The blog became a diversification of my career, but separate from my career. So my blog is um, a voice of many. Um, I, I have lots of guests put uh, most of my, you know, I'm a platform out there yeah. in the universe. I'm a piece of real estate. And so every day marketers give me a uh, post and the post may be about um, anything. Uh, I think today's post is top five interior design trends. Right. I didn't write that. You know, that's somebody that has written it. My team has edited it and we put it out on our platform that we created. Now I write when it comes to writing about a product review. I mm-hmm. have many products like American Standard, um, uh, you know, many of them DXC, a lot of them that uh, send, you know, products to me and they say, Patty, you know, review this and then write about it. Those yeah. are personal posts from me, right? When it comes to an influencer, the blog has helped opened another door, another world in my career called influencing. So between the two, um, I, I became an influencer, someone that can speak about it, someone that has a blog, uh, someone that's an influencer, a blog, a platform that I can put product out there and share with my readers, or I can sit up on a stage and speak at a show. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of all of that together uh, that created me 
today, my voice today. So, you know, a layering of efforts got me there and evolved to, to what I am today, 35 years later. But, you know, I don't think, and I, maybe I'm wrong, but it's, it, it's like a needle in a haystack to get the Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines. I don't think that happens much, right? right. <laughs> who's going to listen to you if you, if you don't have, if you haven't done the work, right. so to speak. And then in today's world, promoting that with blogs and, and being able to use social media to show your talent. Mm-hmm. And people will know, you'll find out if you have talent, <laughs> right? You get a following. Yeah. And, you know, out of curiosity, how would you describe your brand and, and kind of how do you keep that consistent across all of your various platforms that you're involved in? Yeah, I think it's being uh, authentic. Um, again, I'm not making it up. I've done it. I've lived it. Um, mm-hmm. And people know it's just like social media. If you have someone trying to write a social media post for you, people see it, right? Um, you know, it, it, it's authentic, you know? So I think I have to stay authentic to whom, who I am. And uh, like, I will not promote, if I review a product and it's a crap product, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you it's good, right? Because it wouldn't be fair to my clients today, a project I'm working on, and it wouldn't be authentic to my, to my audience. Um, I, I do believe you have to, you just can't be a salesperson out there for the brands. You, you've got to really be able to promote what you believe in. I don't sit on a board unless I believe in the product, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Especially in advisory capacity. And I tell them the truth, you know, if something, you know, if, if, if I am on a board of a product I really love and I think they're really messing up, I'm there to tell them that. So I think it's staying authentic to who you are on whatever platform you're on, whether you're uh, tweeting, whether you're putting out a post, whether you're um, talking to a group or uh, doing a project. It, it, it's got to be authentic. You can't lie to your client. You can't lie to your audience. You got you to be authentic about what you believe in. Yeah. And I, you know, being an influencer comes with a certain amount of, of uh, well, social capital. And, you know, with, with great power comes great responsibility. So, you know, what would you say is your responsibility to the industry and, and to your readers as an influencer? Well, to tell the truth, once again, and, and I think that uh, another responsibility as an influencer is that, um, you know, giving back, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to give back like the National Kitchen and Bath Association that has given me so much, has given me a platform to speak. Um, my career, my and, and I could go on, not just the NKBA, but ASID and all the other people that have supported me, I need to support them. Right. Um, and, and it's giving back. You can't just take, take, take. It's very important that uh, along with um, working in an industry that you also give your time to help cultivate that industry and, and work on things to make that industry a good industry. So I do that, and, and, and it's important to me to support them. Yeah, and, you know, how it has in turn, uh, you know, blogging, influencing, how has all of that affected your career as a designer? Like, what kind of uh, opportunities has this, has this afforded you? Oh, amazing opportunities. It has taken me all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I have met incredible people along the way, whether it's, you know, a a trip with a brand in Spain, in Italy, going to the shows in Italy, speaking um, as an influencer at shows, 
and then meeting the community of other influencers and other veterans in the field and uh, growing that community. Uh, it has, you know, every time, you know, I do something, uh, another door, uh, it, that door may close. I may finish my term on a, on, on, you know, as a board member that that closes, I've done my gig and then another door opens mm-hmm. and, and off I go again. So that's what it's done, you know, for me. Um, and, and I think that in any industry, and I've, I've told anyone, I don't care if you're a fishing guide. Yeah. It's like you can keep diversifying who you are in today's world um, with social media, with, with blogs, with however you can create your voice on something you believe in is going to expand your career. It's going to expand your world and your knowledge. Yeah. I mean, just traveling the world, I go and I see, you know, what's happening in Europe where, where the designs begin. And I apply that to my yeah. work with my clients and, and I share it. So all that combined, but yes, it has, it has, um, taken me in many different directions and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I, I I'm enjoying the path and I'll keep doing it. Sounds like it kind of helps oh, you. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. yeah Sounds right? like it kind of helps you stay inspired and kind of, kind of fresh in the industry and always Absolutely. kind of on the cutting edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I learned from other influencers when we're talking mm-hmm. on boards it's, or when I'm, we're talking on a panel it's, I learn. I'm sitting there learning just like everyone else is. And yes, the travel and, and uh, being at the shows are so important. Keeping up on technology, you know, all those things to be current, to be able to speak as an influencer is important. For you, how did blogging become a viable side business? So one of my motivating factors uh, with a blog was the fact that once it's up and going, uh, you can automate it. And what I mean by that is, you know, I get up in the morning, I look at my email, and I've got all these people that want to give me money and be on my blog. Mm-hmm. And I I look at them as long as they're appropriate. They fit the topics. I then source it out to um, a virtual editor of mine that I've worked with forever. And she edits it, finds you know, we purchase, you know, pictures that may go with it. And she puts it together. I wake up the next morning and I do the social media where you have my voice. Right. And, um, and I put it out to my channels. Um, and, and so it's, it's a relatively easy thing now that kind of runs by itself and continues to grow and grow and grow. And to me, that's a, that's, that's a great business. So it's kind of like its own online magazine that requires very little overhead, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do have like a Pinterest manager because that's beyond me. <laughs> There's only so, so many things you can be good at. Um, and Pinterest is not one of them. So I have a very good person that makes sure that they get out and do whatever, you know, that's a whole yeah. science in that. And then I outsource to an editor. And of course, I outsource to an IT person. And they've all, they don't change. I mean, it's, it's so great in this virtual world we live in. I, I, can, I can find a fit for um, a, a, a job yeah. very easily. And the people out there really want to work and they do a good job. So the blog I have found just so wonderful in so many ways, whereas a lot of times in my design firm, it's not that easy to find a fit. Right. So, and yeah, very little overhead, I very little. And, uh, and it's a continuous uh, passive flow of money, if you will, right. that pays for, you know, overhead for my design firm. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a great, a blog's a great thing, but you do have to put time in to get it to that point. What tips would you have for someone who's looking at that as a, as a possible, you know, kind of second branch of that career? And how would they, you know, from a standing start, get started? 
Well, you know, you take what you can do, you know, from time to time when I got it started, it was like, okay, I'm going to commit to writing a post a week. And then as I, as I started to go, you know, I started getting phone calls and invitations to campaigns with companies and I'd meet other bloggers that were very successful Mm -hmm. to where I'd start asking questions. How many posts do I need to put out in a week? And then I got an answer back. I really didn't like, but it was six. (laughs) So I committed to that, you know, and I learned to write fast you know, bullet points, yeah. you know, what, do you, what are you talking about? And, and write fast and put it out there. And that worked on getting your analytics up. So it's a, bit, it's a commitment. It's a commitment that it can be draining at first, but at the end, you know, like any business, once you get there, it gets easier or should get easier, you know, if it's a good business. And, you know, blog, the blog has turned out, my blog has turned out to be a good business. Right. First, <laughs> a lot of times. I mean, and you got to like, you got to want to, you know, write about what you know. But uh, you know what I find a lot of uh, designers that ask me about it, they're scared to write and have their name on it. So they, mm-hmm. they overthink it and it takes them forever to write. So it, it, it's not, you know, it's not a Pulitzer Prize winning performance, you know, you just, <laughs> you put down your thoughts, right? It, it, it shouldn't be complicated. It shouldn't be any more than 350 words. People don't want a lot of, you know, they just want to get to the point. Right. So people, you know, are overcritical of themselves and sometimes that paralyzes them and they never get it off the ground. Right. So be bold. <laughs> yeah, let your ego you know, go by the wayside. And if somebody wants to judge you, let them. So what? You're doing it, they're not. That's true. Listen, Patricia, it's been awesome talking with you today. You too, Autumn. KBD Radio is hosted and produced by Autumn McGar with music by David Ayala. For more information about kitchen and bath design news, please visit our website at kitchenbathdesign.com.